Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Good day, hasn't it? Amen, already. And uh, I hope I don't mess it up. Uh, uh, the passage of Scripture is Luke ten twenty today. So you can turn to that passage of Scripture. And while you're turning, I want to share something amazing with you. To you. you, you'll find it's hard to believe. At least I did. Did you know that there are some folks who are downloading the messages that I preach, that are preached here in this church? They're downloading those messages and putting them on television in Pakistan. Yeah. And so we're, we're getting reports that, uh, now they don't have the video, they just have the audio, but they'll just put something in the background. And on TV in Pakistan, they're hearing what's being preached from this pulpit many times. And, and I, I just want to give a, 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 a great big shout out right now to a dear friend of this church, River of Life. His name is Pastor Akram. Uh, a few wins, I say a few wins nights ago. It's been several months ago now. Uh, we called him up and then he prayed over the congregation right here. An amazing man of God. He's actually caught the vision with us of Journey 600 and their church is praying for us daily that God will bless this church to reach a hundred more souls for Jesus. And so to Pastor Akram, I just want to say, brother, God bless you. We love you. And to all of our brothers and sisters in Pakistan who are keeping the faith and following our dear Lord Jesus Christ, we want to say to you, we love you. We are so proud of you. Our prayers are with you. Keep up the good work. Hallelujah. I don't know whether to preach or give an invitation. (laughs) So what I I do want to do is I want to pick up just for a moment right where we left off last week. You remember the story? Jesus had selected 70 of his followers, 70 of his disciples. We uh, We don't know why he selected just 70, but we know he did. And he sent them out all over the land to declare the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that a Savior had come into the world. The good news was that they could be redeemed. Now we can only imagine that these 70 ran into all kinds of uh, difficulties. But what happened was, in that process, they discovered something that they didn't know. They came back rejoicing and reported to the Lord Jesus Christ that the demons were subject to them in his name. And they were were thrilled. And 
Jesus basically responds to them, and this is what he says, I know. I gave you that authority. You have it because I've given it to you, and in my name you do have authority over demonic spirits. But then Jesus said something that's extremely important, and I couldn't leave this subject without finishing and saying this. Jesus said, nevertheless, strains now, do not rejoice because the spirits are subject to you. Rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Here it is. Here's the scripture. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Now can you imagine these 70 have gone out all over the land. They've entered into a dark world with a brand new message and they drove back the powers of darkness in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, they took command and authority over demon spirits. They won great spiritual victories. They were so excited. And no doubt thinking Jesus would be so very proud of them, and He was. But when they came back in and they were rejoicing, basically Jesus says, wait, wait, stop. And He actually says, do not rejoice. Did you know that the Bible sometimes tells us when we should rejoice and when we shouldn't? Do not rejoice because the demons are subject to you but rejoice because your name's written in heaven. Now, when I think of that passage of Scripture, the first thing that comes to my mind is, don't get so caught up in the battle down here that you forget that your name is written up there. That's so important. Demons, yes. Demons are real. Will we have to deal with evil darkness and demons from time to time as Christians? Absolutely. Yes, we will. As a child of God, do you have authority over the powers of darkness? Yes, with an exclamation point. That's what the Bible teaches. But here's the deal. Jesus is telling them, and we learn from this passage of Scripture, that your focus should never be on darkness and demons and evil and wickedness. That can't be your focus. That's not where you rejoice. That's not where you celebrate your faith. Yes, you'll have to deal with the demonic, but deal with it in the name of Jesus with confidence and authority, but put your gaze back on heaven where it belongs. That's what the Bible teaches us. And that's what Jesus was telling them to do. When I'm around someone who's always talking about demons and evil spirits and darkness and spiritual warfare. Even though all of those things are biblical and we need to know exactly what God's Word says in those areas. When I'm around somebody and that's all they talk about, I know they're off track. I know that does not line up with Scripture's. And listen to me, child of God, if you're winning every battle you fight with Satan, he's still winning the battle if he has your attention all the time. 
Does that make sense? It's, it's a diversion. And basically what the Scripture tells us in other passages of Scripture is set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Yes, there are battles down here. Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation. Right? But, but keep your gaze on heaven. Set your affection. Set your love, your joy, your hope. Set it on heaven. Not on the things of this earth. So friends, I just want to stand before you today and tell you we should be doing exactly what Jesus said. We should be rejoicing not because of some little victory we've had out there in the world, but we should be rejoicing because of the greatest victory that any person can ever have is this. Your name has been written in heaven. Child of God, your name has been written in heaven. Your name is written in heaven. Yeah. You may say, hold on just a moment, Pastor. Don't lump us all together. I'm not at all sure my name is written in heaven. If that be the case, then we need to talk before you leave here today. We need to make sure that your name is written in heaven. But I can tell you this morning that if you're a child of God, your name is written in heaven. <clears throat> and there's a lot to be said about that. And I want to read a couple of scriptures to you. Hebrews 12.23 is the first one. It says, You have come to the assembly of God's firstborn children. Now friends, this is a reference to the church. Whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God Himself who is the judge over all things. You have come to the spirits. Now pay special attention. You have come to the spirits of the righteous ones in heaven who have now been made perfect. Now, listen. They were not perfect, but now they have been made perfect. Righteous spirits in heaven who have now been made perfect. See, this is what happened. They turned to the Lord Jesus Christ. They confessed their sins. They repented of their sins. They were washed in the blood of the Lamb. They invited Jesus in and He came in to live within them. They experienced a born-again experience culminating in a new name being written down in heaven. No matter what they once were, they are now, according to that Scripture, righteous, right spirits of the just who have been made just through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know, but about... I've heard thousands of songs, and I think I know the first line or two of every one of them. And I don't know the rest of the words of this song, but it goes like this. There's a new name written down in glory. And it's mine. Oh yes, it's mine. You see, that's what you celebrate. That's what you thank God for, that your name has been written down in glory. Now I want to give you a, a couple more scriptures. Revelation twenty-one twenty-seven. 
Nothing impure will ever enter it. Now, it is a reference to heaven here. If you know anything about the Bible, uh, Revelation 21 is all about heaven. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven like a bride adorned for her husband. It's talking about that holy, heavenly abode. But by the time you get to verse 21... I mean, 27 of chapter 21. It says, nothing impure will enter it. Nothing impure will enter heaven. Nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful. But only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Now, hold on. I want to help you out with some theology here. This verse indicates that your name is written in heaven after your heart has been changed on earth. There's a transition, there's a transformation. Maybe you were doing things that were shameful and deceitful, but that ended, your name got written in heaven, and that is how you know you're going to heaven. Now, we have some bad theology floating around today, friends. And I do feel a, a strong obligation from time to time to, to deal with it. But I want you to know there's some bad theology that's telling people all over this nation that you can continue to live shameful and deceitful and deceptive lives and still have your name written in heaven. Pull that verse right back up. Let's put it up there. Let's go through it again. Let's make sure we're getting this. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful and deceitful. You see it? I, I'm, I'm telling you, friends, that we've got a theology that says that you can claim the grace of God and continue to live a shameful and deceitful life. But that's not true. Man, it got quiet in here all of a sudden. That's not true. Thank God for grace. But grace does not give you permission to stay in your sin. Grace gives you the power and the love of God to take you out of your sin to live like God wants you to live. Not perfect. You will make mistakes, but you don't live there. Listen, if this is true of you, if you're here today, and you're like Alicia and Mike, and you know that you know that you know that you've been born again, you know that God did a transforming work in your life. He changed your heart. He made you a new creature in Christ. Then what Jesus is saying is that should be the point of your rejoicing. That's our victory. That, that's, where we do a, that's where we do a holy dance. Yeah. <laughs> My Father is rich. In houses and land. He holds the wealth of the world in his hands. Of rubies and diamonds, of silver and gold, his coffers are full, he has riches untold. I'm a child of the King, a child of the King. With Jesus my Savior, I'm a child of the King. Now listen. I once was an outcast, a stranger on earth, a sinner by choice, an alien by birth. But I've been adopted. My name is written down. And now I'm an heir to a match and a robe and a crown. Oh, friends. Is your name written down in heaven? Do you know that you know that you know Jesus? 
Stop, stop letting the trivial things of this world steal your joy. I, you, you're a citizen of heaven. Right now, think about this. Right now, right at this moment, your name is written down in heaven. Now, I just got to tell you, friends, if you say, okay, that's great. <laughs> Something's seriously wrong with you. Oh, I went out yesterday and I prayed and I didn't have a tank of gas and somebody stopped by with a five-gallon can and pulled, Woo! praise God. Is that what your joy is all about? Is that as deep as your joy runs? Is that it? Because i got to tell you, something supernatural, something miraculous, something glorious, something heavenly happened in your life when you trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And by the time it was all over, a new name was written down in glory. A new name was written down in glory. Heaven has a record of your salvation experience. It's recorded. And you don't have to worry about heaven keeping good records because heaven does keep good records. Your entrance into heaven has already been determined. Listen, if you know that you know that you know that you've been born again and He changed your life and when you do sin, it grieves your heart and it convicts you and you're, you're under sometimes chastisement from the Father. You know you belong to Him. I want you to know your entrance into heaven has already been determined. Paul says we are citizens of heaven. If you please, you have canceled your reservations in hell. And you have made new reservations in heaven. That's, that's what this is all about. Now, I found a lot of scripture on this, the things of our names being written down. But I'm just going to share with you one more. Daniel 12, 1, 1 and 2. Now, this goes all the way back to the book of Daniel. You say, why are you bringing Old Testament into this? Because what Daniel's talking about in the Old Testament has not yet happened yet. He said it a long time ago. But this is about something that's yet to come. It says at that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people will arise. Oh, friends, there's coming a day that an archangel is going to step on the scene. He's going to arise. I don't understand it, but I believe it. <clears throat> there will be a time of distress Tribulation, a time of distress such as has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. This is yet to come. But at that time, your people, I want you to read it with me now, everyone whose name is found written in the book will be delivered. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to get you excited about the fact that your name's in heaven. And if you can't get excited about that, I have all ideas. Jesus would have a few words to say to you about what you do get excited about. Does that make sense? Wow. You, you can be a... Uh, uh, oh, let me read verse 2. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake. Wow. 
The grand finale of the ages is still, still in our future. Some to everlasting life and others to shame and everlasting contempt. See, friends, you can be a survivalist and a doomsday prepper and make all the plans you want to. Or you can rejoice that your name's written down in heaven. I happen to believe this. Everyone whose name is found written in the book will be delivered. Yeah, I got, I got to find me some water. Y'all are not quite as excited about this as I thought you would be. Now, I, I have something I want to show you, and you can see it up close if you want to. But what I have is a little container here, and there's a silver dollar in it. And really, I'd like for you to come up and let me show you this silver dollar, because this silver dollar reminds me every day. I see it every day. I keep it out. I see it every day. This silver dollar reminds me of how far God will go to get your attention and to give you a personal invitation. By the way, man, the, the testimonies were great, weren't they? That we heard today. How far God will go to get your attention and to give you a personal invitation. This story goes way back. I, the best of my recollection, I was about six years old. And I grew up in a house that was already old when we moved into it. And it was kind of neat for... It, it, it was neat for, you know, a young boy. Uh, literally, I, I mean, I was the youngest of five boys. This is the truth. I was the youngest of five boys. This house sat so high up off the ground that when I was about five or six years old, I could run wide open, run straight under the house and out the other side. <laughs> My older brothers couldn't do that. They were taller. So when they got after me, I would... This old house had hiding places, and, and it, it, was, it, it was exciting. But one day, for some reason, I think we were playing a game. I took a silver dollar that one of my aunts had given me, and I was going to hide it. And I got up on a chair, and I put it over the window sill. And when I put it over the window sill to hide it, because there was a groove there, and I thought, oh, man, this is a perfect hiding place. Nobody will ever find this silver dollar here. And when I let go of it, I heard it go. It went all the way down in that wall. And I got to tell you, my heart just sank. My silver dollar. Now, let me tell you, me being the kind of person I was at that age, I never told a soul. I was sure my mom and dad would beat the daylights out of me if they knew I lost. I don't know why they wouldn't have, but they would have beat me had they known I dropped that silver dollar. And so I never talked about the silver dollar. Nobody ever asked me. I never said anything. Years went by, I got saved. I got called into the ministry. I became a preacher of the gospel. I moved off and pastored churches elsewhere. I came back, the old house is still standing. And I drove by the old house that day, and I noticed construction workers were there, and they were renovating the place. And I pulled over, and it just hit me. My silver dollar is in that wall. <laughs> so, 
So I pulled over and I said, hey, hey, have you started on this room? I pointed out the room. They said, nope, but we're going to be tearing the walls out. And I said, okay, there's a silver dollar in that wall. I dropped it 50 years ago. They said, 50 years ago. I said, oh, trust me. There's a silver dollar in that wall. So be careful. Tell your workers. Well, they pulled the siding off, and when they did, out rolls my silver dollar. Well, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't sure whether they'd give it back to me or not. And so, but one day I ran into the couple, delightful couple. I ran into them at Walmart. And when I saw them, they said, oh, yeah. Stop by, and we'll give you your silver dollar. Now, I stopped by. I didn't let a, I didn't let a lot of time pass. I stopped, I stopped by as quickly as I could. They met me. They got the silver dollar. They handed it to me. And then this is what he said. He said to me, I'm glad you're here. He said, I have a question for you. I said, what is it? He said, well, maybe not a question. I think it's an interpretation to a dream. That's what I need. I said, well, tell me the dream. And I've never claimed to be able to interpret dreams. But this was one I needed to hear. He said, I've had this recurring dream, like Mike was talking about. He said, I've had this recurring dream. And he said, I die and I stand before God on judgment day. And he said, there's actually a line, and there's several people in front of me. And he said, I'm listening to what they're saying to God. And he said, i got to be honest with you, I was so much better than those people in front of me. I started thinking while I was waiting in line, I'm in good shape. And he said, and then all of a sudden, and you know how dreams are, he said, I had a box in my hand. And he said, I knew at that moment that that box contained a record of everything I'd ever done. Now, we're not building theology. I'm just telling you about his dream. And he said, and then it was my turn to stand before God in judgment. And he said, he said, I stepped up and I felt pretty good. And he said, I held the box out to God. And he said, when I did, he said, it was bigger than life. He said, this huge, massive hand comes around and slaps that box. And he said, I could see the box just flying through the air. And he said, and then God looks at me and says, not good enough. He said, I keep having the same dream. Not good enough. Now, no, he says to me, he said, Preacher, do you have any idea what that's all about? I said, I think I do. And I stood there and I gave him an interpretation. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've all done that which was right in our own eyes. None of us are worthy. And I said, in and of yourself, that's exactly what will happen on Judgment Day. But a Savior came into the world. A Savior shed His blood. And His pure righteous blood will cleanse away our filthy, sinful lives and prepare us so that when we stand before God, it won't be what I'm offering. 
It's what Jesus offered for us. And we stood there. We stood there and we just had the best time. And then I prayed with them and we joined hands. Now, that's a wonderful story, isn't it? That's a good story. But when I was driving off, I had this epiphany. I thought, oh my stars. God loved that man so much that he put a plan in motion over 50 years ago. He took a little nothing of a boy and set a place for him to remind him to go back to that place. God knew that I'd be saved. God knew that I would become a, 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 a preacher of the gospel. And God knew that He could send me back to the house one day. He knew He had a man ready to hear the truth. <clears throat> I am absolutely convinced that God loved that man so much that He just orchestrated the whole thing. And I believe I'll see Him in heaven. Now, I can't connect all the dots in your life. But I can tell you, friends, God has gone to great lengths to get your attention. God has, if there is such a thing, God has gone out of His way to call you. God wants your name written in the Lamb's book of life. And God will reach out to you and reach out to you and reach out to you. He'll, he'll orchestrate divine encounters. But in the end, there's only one way anybody ever gets into heaven. There's only one way anybody ever gets their name written down in glory. And that is they come to the point, you've already heard it in testimony today, they come to the point that I am unworthy, I'm, I have nothing to offer, my best won't make it, and they put their faith in Jesus. And they have an encounter with Him where He touches and changes and saves them. You see, friends, that's the only way. There's no other way. Everybody here who's been saved, you got saved the same way. The Spirit spoke to your heart. You humbly said yes. You repented of your sins. And Jesus came into your heart and saved you. Don't stop there. And a new name was written down in glory. See, it happens the same way to every one of us. Would you bow with me, please? Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.